Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. This is your host, Sports Guy David, with my co-host Lucas Reyes on Wildland Wednesday. It's also Woo Wednesday. Shout out to Pop Smoke. Lucas, how are you doing today? I'm all right, bro. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. A little hungover, but it's nothing like tap water that will make you feel better. All right, we're going to jump right into this. We are going to review, preview, and parlays, as you know. And here we go. The last Thursday night game was the Carol- or, ooh, Carolina Falcons. The Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. And the Carolina Panthers found a way to lose to this Falcons team who just, honestly, this whole season, their season is like 2020, really. It just mm-hmm. it all summed up. Matt Ryan um, still hasn't um, really bounced back since those uh, first coming up weeks. Uh, we've seen the Brian Hill get involved a little bit more and Todd Gurley as well. Um, Julio Jones did have a game, but um, as Julio as Julio Jones is known for not catching touchdowns until like the last five games, he catches like five in each one. Um, Teddy, B, Teddy B though, he's still looking, he's not, even, he was, he looked pretty bad in this when he got banged up and PJ Walker, um, um, came in. He was the AFL or, um, XFL quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, but good news for the uh, Carolina Panthers and the Caffrey's coming back. Um, uh, Mike Davis has been struggling, so we'll see how that goes. But what do you, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, I guess I thought that Carolina was going to be a little bit more competitive. They've a team that has been in a lot of their games this year. And, uh, you know, they've been kind of entertaining. They've pulled out some good ones early on. But as we just keep learning who these teams are and getting to the halfway point of the season, Carolina just seems to be stuck in that mediocre area. They just can't get over the hump. They get a huge asset back. Like you said, in McCaffrey, this back, um, he is practicing today. He was a full participant. And then um, he's leaning towards starting this week so i think that he's going to be up in a good matchup when we'll get to the preview real quick of this part of the episode but point being uh they missed him a lot this game and i guess the bad falcons defense who was able to shut down this carolina team and you know what they could do on offense like you said julio having a great great game and he's always getting things going as the year goes on um i mean atlanta just comes away with their second victory carolina got to be disappointed because you were you seem like you were just turning the corner and maybe like maybe trying to make this push for the playoffs, but it's all falling away now. Yeah, and we I predicted that the Atlanta Falcons would lose by one, and you predicted that the Carolina won this one. So you did win. I'm tallying up the um, our record to see who won. Um, probably, I haven't got a dub yet. I'm 0-5-1, and, and uh, Lucas is 3-1-2. and two. There is not a weekend there we're accounting, um, accounting for, so I definitely got to tally that up. I probably lost that one, too, so I'm just going to say I'm 0-6. All right, <laughs> moving on to the next uh, game where me and Lucas predicted and it spoke into existence, Lamar Jackson is not right. a throwing quarterback. And we've seen it. His vision wasn't there in the last play. He threw it in a fucking crazy. It was like, there was like four Steelers there. It was insane. The pass that I'm surprised it didn't get picked. Um, I, um, Hollywood Brown was wide open in the left side um, end zone. And he's, he's speaking of, um, he's voicing his concern. I'm surprised he didn't get traded, but he didn't. <laughs> Um, they're really missing some um, some pieces. I know people are going to say, well, he has no one to pass to. I'm like, well, then stop praising him so goddamn much. Um, they did. They do have Des Bryant. Um, he's still on the practice squad, but he was in the building. Um, give him, give that man a chance, man. I really didn't like Des Bryant as a cowboy, but the fact that he signed like a one day, uh, a one year contract, and then he tore his Achilles with the Saints, that really like, I was like, yes. oh man, this guy can't get a break. So I really do want, I really want him to succeed. The Steelers undefeated. Um. Ben Roethlisberger didn't have to do much. They, they really didn't have to do much. The stat sheet is not too um, glamorous, but as you know, um, 
uh, I think some this up. Lamar Jackson is not a elite quarterback. Um, he's an elite running back. Um, you know, as the memes go, but I really don't think uh, he could uh, come up when the time is uh when the time comes to to be a quarterback. And um, we're seeing it right now. They they do drop five five and two um, heavily in the race. Playoff contenders, obviously, but. Um, I think there's a lot of question marks with Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, you definitely are right. And the Ravens were one of the two teams that had over 200 rushing yards this past weekend and still lost. The first one, uh, the other team was the Chargers, and we were so we talked about that in depth. But point being, the the passing game for the, the Baltimore Ravens is really just taking a step back from where it was last year. And um, you said it, it was uh, Hollywood Brown that – he took the Twitter and said, you know, what's the point of having weapons if you won't even use them or something to like the, to that point, to that uh, same meaning. And he he's pissed off because this team was very electric last year and was able to get some nice deep stretches of passing yards and really be a little bit of a vertical threat. And I remember um, Hollywood Brown was able to really get long touchdown passes and was a huge centerpiece or at least a huge part of this offense. And now... It's all completely centered around Lamar, and we predicted it for sure. We were on point. We saw how great Pittsburgh is among that D-line. T.J. Watt had a lot of that whole defensive line, him and Bo Dupree. I mean, they, they got some impact plays, some nice stops, and it was at first looking like maybe it was Baltimore running away with it, but this Pittsburgh team is so resilient, and they just have they just work so cohesively. They, they know that they can win games. They, as long as there's still time on the clock, no matter what the score is, it won't be out of hand, and... and they trust themselves to just climb back into things. And that's how I would describe them back into this game. They, they climbed themselves out of this hole. And it wasn't because of anything that the Baltimore Ravens were messing up or there wasn't any turnovers. And I mean, if it was the turnovers, they were forcing it. It wasn't like they were given this game. And so they, I really like the Steelers. I mean, this team is so good. I, I mean, I think that it, that's between them and the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl in the AFC. They're, they're just that polished and um, I'm just so impressed by them and like we'll go back to Lamar real quick um you need to be a passing quarterback in this league going back to the rushing yards uh, the, those 200 plus rushing yards are a guaranteed W in 2003 this is 2020 you need to be passing you need to be an efficient passer you need to be able to get touchdowns you need to be able to move the ball and be accurate and 13 for 28 is not going to cut it in in any league so Lamar I mean just it's such a it's such a huge step back after an MVP season. But also, I just want to get a little bit more credit to the Steelers. Um, played an amazing game. They're not standing out in the stat sheet. You're right, especially on offense. But the fact that they're just getting these wins, they're so good. They're hard-fought wins, and I think they could, they could beat anyone. Yeah, the Steelers are looking real scary, and I'm sounding like a broken record because I said that every week. Um, every week. Um, moving on to uh, this next game, which I thought would be a little bit more intense, a lot more close, but uh, – the, the Rams drop a big one to the Miami Dolphins, who are 4-3. Yes, I said that the Dolphins are 4-3. 28-17, they won in Tua's debut. He looked okay, 12-22. for 22. Didn't uh, turnover free. He did have a touchdown, and that touchdown was pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Only, he only had 93 yards, but he didn't have to do much because the defense stepped up. I think Jared Goff fumbled like fucking four times, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he lost two. He fumbled twice. There's three fumbles altogether. There, there's just fumbles all over a lot the place. Of them, yeah. yeah, and he threw two interceptions. He did put up the yardage, but it wasn't enough. The Dolphins' defense stood up to this Rams' offense, and the Rams' defense was nowhere to be found. Um, they did well. They they stopped him, but the score was already too much for them to handle. 
Um, the Dolphins were up 28 to 10 um, at halftime. So, I mean, it was pretty bad. And um, I do want to say Lucas did win last week, eight of five record, and I went, I lost with a six and seven record. I need to stop taking chances on these underdogs. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, this is a crazy game. I mean, we were talking to Ryan about how. I mean, well, let me bring up Ryan in a second. I will just say that, you know, Tua didn't have an amazing game. He was definitely rattled first. I'll, I'll focus on Miami, yeah. Um, rattled first, the offense wasn't in a, uh, wasn't efficient at all. It was like a completely different team. It felt like a Miami Dolphin team of the old where they just couldn't get you – know, they're just inefficient and they, they can't get anything going. And I think that they got bailed out a lot by their defense. They got bailed out by their defense because they got really great field position consistently. And um, I think Jared Goff had a pick six – or something, something else happened, and then also there was also a punt return for a touchdown. So the the margin for for the the Dolphins really got big in the second quarter, and it didn't feel like it was because of the offense. It was it was mainly because of miscues of the Rams, um, a pick six. I mean, I'll give credit to the defense there, but also a freak a freak punt return for a touchdown. You quickly get down, and then this is what Ryan Dyer was telling us last week about the Rams, or maybe a couple weeks now, um, how the Rams, when they seem to get down, Sean McVay just completely abandons the run game. Daryl Henderson was having a great game so far when he got early. He only had eight carries for 47 yards at the end of the game, but, but he was averaging 5.9 yards per carry, and I thought that the run game was super efficient. They got away from their game plan super early and were having to pass it, and I understand what Ryan was saying. They're, well, they're not a completely passing team they need to be balanced they need to be able to set up the play action and Jared Goff can't do it by himself he's not a type of quarterback where you're going to be able to lean on him and it was completely shown and Miami knew it and I guess uh you got to go back to Brian Flores because he was part of that Patriots team that completely demolished um the Rams in the Super Bowl and so maybe he knew something that um just how to get neutralized this Rams defense or this Rams offense but point being um, I think Sean McVay really needs to be looking at this game and say this is on him because the Rams it looked like a, it looked like a fluke game for the players. It really did. I think that the the team himself is is great and they could win against a lot of these a lot of these teams. And this should have been a handed victory. But you can't have Jared Goff coming back dropping back for sixty one attempts. That's not that's not your identity. Never has been. And um, it, it showed you're going to lose against teams who don't even have an offense that are not even putting pressure on you to score. They had some freak incidents and some freak turnovers and. Whatever maybe the circumstances, you got away from your game plan way too quickly. Um, Tua though, go back to him real quick. He did not look that good. I really think that he, it should be uh, Fitzpatrick in this offense. It felt like night and day. I don't an uh, offense that had suddenly um, scored a lot and was very efficient. Uh, it looks skewed because they have 28 points, but it wasn't from this offense. So I'm a little bit concerned there. Putting maybe putting Tua in too early. Huge task though with Aaron Donald. But uh, Dolphins get a get a crazy weird victory here. Yeah, it was pretty much a weird game we all had um rams winning this one but i think the rams will bounce back and um dolphins uh let's see what tour goes moving on to the next game which i don't really want to talk about the jets and the kansas city chiefs everyone's on mahone's dick of course <laughs> five touchdowns 416 yards dude we get it Le'Veon bell had a great revenge game six carries on seven yards <laughs> fuck out of here um the jets just looked uh at uh the GM of the Jets, I forgot his name, said Adam Gase is the, the is piece. Uh, well, I don't, what was what was that fucking quote? He's a part of this the rebuild, or he's part of this team. Oh, really? He said that. <sighs> Some shit. I don't know how that dude still got a head coaching job. Um, it this team is just bad. It's just so bad. This team is so bad, and 
it's just it's bad. If you see Chad Henney come in, even the punter threw for one um, <laughs> once. Tommy Townsend. Uh, just overall, they didn't have to do much on the ground. It was all air game, and uh, they just bullied the Jets. And Jets are going to get the number one pick. That's all. I really don't have much more to say about this game. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, what can you expect? I think Sam Darnold had maybe a couple plays in this game, but the Chiefs just ran it up. I mean, the spread was ridiculous, and they still covered the spread. The spread was at twenty on Bovada. So, I mean. They covered it. Yeah, they, they, they fucking it. covered it. <laughs> Ridiculous. And uh, I guess the one thing I could say about this game without boring myself to death is that Patrick Mahomes now on the season, 21 touchdowns and one interception. That's a pretty good touchdown-interception ratio. Uh, and I think he set an NFL record, NFL history, because I don't think a quarterback has had this ratio through halfway through the season now. So um, it wasn't against the Jets, and it was five touchdowns in one day, so it was 16-1, to but um, – Sign history. I guess his history can be made against the Jets for sure. I'm over it. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. God damn, came out of nowhere. Dalvin Cook took advantage of his time off, scored old touchdowns, um, all, all the points on the offense, three on the ground and one in the air. This dude is a bad man. Um, I'm kind of. I kind of wish I drafted him. Um, Kirk Cousins didn't like. I said didn't have to do much. He was pretty accurate. Eleven for fourteen. Um. The Packers um, did not get the run game uh, um, going. Um, Jamal Williams is out. I think A.J. Dillon's out, too. So they only have – I forgot the two guys that are available for the Green Bay Packers, but their they're running back uh, – their run game is going to be very, very limited. Um, to, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, this, the, the Packers' defense is falling apart. Um, they're they're oh, decreasing, yeah. and, and um, they're looking a little sus. And the, the Vikings got a big one here, a divisional game. Yeah, they really did get a big one, and you said it. The the Vikings are, I'm sorry, the Packers are just quickly becoming a different team right before our eyes. I mean, it's like the Bucks really just sent them to a different level and sent them up down a pedestal. I mean, they're just completely spiraling downwards. And uh, I mean, this defense that we thought that was for real early on into the season is we're quick, we're quickly learning that they're not, and uh, they're they're not the same defense from last year. It's it's become kind of like the Packers of old, where it's really Aaron Rodgers, and hopefully Aaron Jones is going to be back soon. I, his injury status is di- um, still questionable, I believe, and so hopefully they get that back because that's a huge part of their offense, and that will completely change the dynamic of this team. But this Packers, I mean, getting getting stops has been a hard thing for them. Getting people down to the ground, and and now they're quickly becoming one of the worst teams um, defensively, and you could get you could get points upon this team. So it's heavily reliant on this offense, and the, and. They weren't there today. Um, I didn't think. I don't think Bakhtiari was playing today. And if he was, um, this offensive line was just letting Rodgers get battered up and and pressured a lot. I mean, he ended up with three touchdowns and no interceptions. But it felt like this game was just completely out of hand. And it was because of Dalvin Cook. He had an amazing performance and getting the ball away from from uh, Green Bay and and uh, just everything that that the Vikings did went their way. And it was completely a beatdown. So. Sitting at five and two for Green Bay isn't bad, but you're quickly trying to you're quickly panicking and trying to figure out what what's happened with this team and what's completely different. I think it's the offensive line that's completely changed, and the, obviously I think it's also become now Aaron Jones. I think that's the biggest um, X factor that this team is really missing. And when he gets back, though, I think they're going to be back to 
um, an elite status on offense. Now, defensively, it's a completely different story, and there's some free agents among the among the market now. You mentioned Vic Beasley earlier for the podcast. Maybe that could help this team, but they're completely lost on defense, and it showed. Um, Dalvin Cook, though, is an MVP type of player, though. he He's just that level, and he's just that good. The Vikings weren't using them as well as they could have a little bit early on this season, but still, he comes back, and, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're behind in the race, but if you could win like this uh, – there's something to be said about turning around and maybe sneaking in as a seventh seed because Dalvin Cook is the real deal. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is um, – he's personally one of my favorite running backs in the league. I just love his uh, – what he does. Um, moving on to this next game, and this is what I get for downing Phillip Rivers. I keep on forgetting <laughs> how hot he gets later in the season. Zero interceptions. Yes, Phillip Rivers had zero interceptions. I know you guys don't hear that often. Um, but my boy Phillip Rivers, three touchdowns, and he didn't have to do much of what um, – he had to. He didn't have to do too much. The ground game was established. We seen Jonathan Wilkins um, step up and Naheem Hines through the air. They don't have T.Y. Hilton, but Phillip Rivers was using everything he got. He's used to not having weapons in in uh, San Diego slash Los Angeles. So um, he did the best he can, and they came out with a victory, forty-one to twenty-one. The Lions dropped to three and four, and the Colts are five and two. Kind of like a sneaky five and two. Um, the Lions couldn't get nothing done on the ground. They had a total of fourteen rushes for. 20 was that 40 32 29 29 yards um uh it was pretty bad and it's gonna go worse because the lions don't have matthew stafford due to covid um so uh colts are looking they're, they're heating up and phil rivers he heats up and and when it gets cold it, i don't know i don't know why how that's possible but he does and if you look at the numbers the first month he's pretty much trash but after that he's reliable <laughs> so um 41 points it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the last few weeks, the Lions maybe were hoping that this would be a turnaround for their season and the way that they came out on defense in those past two games. Well, it completely got <laughs> changed around in this game. Um, Phil, like you said, was on fire, and he was unstoppable. And then Detroit also um, didn't have that magic in them like they've been having these past few weeks. It's hard to completely um, rely on just having these fourth-quarter comebacks consistently. I know Matthew Stafford is a wizard at that, but – it's it's not a reliable way to win games, and he did have an interception, and he was completely destroying it. Five sacks for minus thirty nine. So um, this offense wasn't going anywhere, especially on the ground. Um, weird though, Marvin Hall. Look at this: four catches for one hundred thirteen. He had a seventy three yard catch, but no touchdown. Um, that's I guess one of the few bright spots on this Detroit team. And um, I thought they were they were kind of in it for for a while. The fourth quarter was just blown up though by Indianapolis and. Uh, defensively and all around they've come out and they're looking stronger now and if indy could play like this uh they, they're having a completely different vibe and a different feel i like what i like what you said a sneaky five and two they're definitely how how it feels over there because i feel like their season has been so wishy-washy but coming out of the bye and coming out of the bye so strongly and uh you know how philip does uh november december they used to call it phil sember maybe maybe indianapolis is going to be making some noise in the afc south um you're going to make tennessee have a run for their money for the division so it's going to be heating up over there. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, um, I, I, I wish the best for Philip Rivers. He's been my quarterback since I remember. So um, all the shit I do talk about him, it's out of love. It's out of fun. Um, it's out of fun and love. All right, moving on to this game, which was crazy. I don't know if you got to see this game, but it was so windy in Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's so much missed field goals, and, and it was insane. Um, Josh Jacobs rushed for 30 uh, 31 times. Um, I, I don't remember last – I don't remember – I can't remember the last time a runner back ran for 31. I thought this was like 2005 when <laughs> runner backs dominated the league. 
but Derek Carr didn't have to do much. Sorry for your fantasy. And so, um, who else? Yeah, Darren Waller too, right? Um, I don't. I don't think I have Darren Waller anymore. No, no, no. On your on your DraftKings. Oh, yeah, right, right. You dropped Hunter Renfro, the only one who scored a touchdown on the Raiders. You should have kept Renfro. Um, <laughs> but uh, Josh Jacobs got it done. He he's an elite running back in this league. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, the Browns. Um, I thought they would do a lot better. Baker Mayfield. I mean, I know it's, it was windy and all. They couldn't get it done on the ground either. Um, I think it was just a just a. Uh, it was supposed to be a, a whoever dominated the ground wins, and um, they couldn't get it done. The, the Browns are um, spiraling down. Uh, I don't think OBJ had much to do with that. I don't think he's they're the reason why winning or losing. I think really he wasn't really doing much. So um, this Brown team five and three, which is really insane to think that they won five games this year. But they're five and three, and the Raiders move up to four and three. Uh, 16 to six. It was a it's pretty bad game for Cleveland. Yeah, and um, I'm just trying to look up Nick Chubb real quick because uh, this is a game where they definitely wish they had him, and I think that um, it looks like said Coach Stefanski said Monday Chubb is progressing, considered day to day, heading into Week Nine, which is their bye. Um, this was a game where they wish that they had him though, because Nick Chubb has really been the primary running back over there, and Kareem Hunt has kind of been like the receiving guy and um, the guy that really helps in and rotation and stuff like that. But the main guy has always been uh, Chubb, and especially early on in the season. And so with a windy game like this where you can't even depend on throwing the ball, which is crazy, um, and, and the wind was truly insane. So you, you really just, like you said, it was whoever ran the ball better, and, and it was uh, Las Vegas in this day. The, the elements were too strong to have everything at your disposal anyway. Um, I didn't really get to watch all this game, but I don't know if um, yeah, Mitt Baker was being pressured in the, on all of that, but he didn't get sacked once at all this game. Only, only dropped back 25 times, but running the team as a whole for Cleveland, 22 carries for 101 isn't going to cut it. And you compare that to Las Vegas, 45 carries in total for 209. Um, that's why they had the victory. It was a completely old old school type of game, 16-6. to six, I mean, straight out of 1952, right? Yeah. Uh, moving on to this game, which was crazy. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals upset the Tennessee Titans, who are also on a mini spiral themselves. Um, the Bengals... Got it done. And um, Joe Burrow, clean slate. Um, once again, this dude just does not throw picks. It's insane. And this is a, a really weird um, fact. Uh, since 2013, the Bengals are now 1-1 one, one or 11-1-1 one one in games with Giovanni Bernard has 15 rush attempts. Whoa, or what the heck? <laughs> That's extremely weird. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Like I said, Giovanni Bernard looks so big. God, he looks like a like, – I, I cannot stop looking at that picture – NFL, Sleeper, ESPN, everywhere I go, they have the same picture. Give my man a new picture, dog. I'm going to start a petition, a, a hashtag or something. Give my boy a new picture, profile picture. Y'all did him dirty. Back to the game, though. Uh, Giovanni Bernard got it done. 62 yards and a touchdown, averaging 4.1 yards per carry. Um, T. Higgins was the lead receiver. He's emerging as a wide receiver um, one or two um, as A.J. Green falls to um, – I'm surprised he didn't get trade either. He's just falling – frustrated injury you know i don't know it's just it's really weird aj green is just really weird tyler boyd did his thing too um the the titans could not get nothing done only to Corey davis and derrick uh derrick henry they got to get the other guys involved aj brown had a touchdown but only, he only had 24 yards so they got to get these the you got a lot of just young playmakers anything uh frisker uh that's your boy Frisker, yeah Frisker. Uh, you got a great tight end with john john U. smith too you got ratliff raymond who emerged a couple weeks ago 
Um, Adam Humphreys only had two targets, and Derrick Henry had 112 on the ground. But you got to get more playmakers there. Um, and um, t- I think Tennessee. I think this was an off game from Tennessee. Um, but the Bengals, uh, they're, they're two five and one right now. So uh, I don't think they'll make a lot of noise. But Joe Burrow is looking really good. Joe Burrow is looking insane. I low key think that he's he's deserves. Offensive rookie of the year, a little bit more than Man. Herbert. I just say that because I think of Cincinnati, and I don't. I don't think that they're on the level offensively on the roster. Um, really, yeah, you know, just as the level of the Chargers, and I think that um, he would just excel in the Chargers as well and flip flop whatever. But point being, he's. You <laughs> feel like he's having like a mountain to overcome every single game, and I did not expect this at all out of out of Joe Burrow. I mean, the Titans are a terrible terrible pass rushing team and what we've seen all year is that joe burrow has never had time to to throw the ball but this game he did and this game completely showed why the Bengals, you know took him but showed the potential for the future it completely changed the dynamic of this game which was the protection and it was handedly in the Bengals' hand the whole game they never um I don't think they ever let go of the lead, and they never relinquished it. And it was—I mean, I didn't get to watch this. I was—I was watching Red Zone. Red Zone, for some reason, uh, wasn't covering this too much. But um, I mean, look, look, look at what's going on here. I mean, the Bengals have such a nice future, a nice uh, foundation being established. I love the T. Higgins connection that's getting going. You're call, you've called it from the beginning, and it's slowly cooking. And also Tyler Boyd, he's great. And um, I just—I just don't know what happened defensively for them to be able to maintain and hold down this Tennessee team. Derrick Henry, he he did go over 100 yards and a touchdown, but he only had 18 carries, and they were. it looks to me like they were forcing Tannehill to drop back, and he dropped back 30 times and had an interception, sacked once, and he didn't really have the best quarterback rating, and it wasn't really the Tannehill that we've seen all year. I mean, I feel like we could rely on Tannehill to, to be able to make a comeback, especially against the Bengals, but so appalling to see this outcome. But the sack percentage, I mean, the Bengals, or sorry, the Titans are 31st in the league, in sacks so it just shows goes to show you that even though they're considered on paper i believe and and on the eye test a really complete team uh one of those weaknesses can be very exploited and especially by young talent like joe burrow so really incredible game i thought yeah um the, the titans did trade as you know for desmond king just maybe solve that problem um i think he would do great there we talked about if you want to hear all about that go and listen to our charges of charger podcast with our guests of uh, fan guests uh, Taylor, we went off. Um, so <laughs> yeah. go ahead and listen to that. It was a good listen. Um, moving on to this next game, which uh, man, the Buffalo Bills are not—they're they're six and two, but they—they they sure don't feel like they're six and two right. these last couple of games. Um, Josh Allen completely fell the playoff, uh, the MVP race. Eleven for eighteen, 154 yards, and no touchdowns with an interception. But I'm glad to see Devin Singletary and Zach Moss both have 80 yards. That is the key. That is the recipe to win. And if Josh Allen gets back to his MVP form, um, it's going to be real dangerous in Buffalo. Their defense, um, they they did okay. Um, Cam Newton didn't have he he hasn't thrown a touchdown. Uh, there's a I forgot that crazy stat. Like five games, he had like fumbles or like he has five interceptions in the last three games, no passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns and like four fumbles or some crazy shit. Um, Cam is just getting bullied. It. it uh, I, there's there's a there's a conversation going around. Was Tom Brady a good court, uh, quarterback, or was or did Tom Brady was he a quarterback? Bill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 
you know, does he made Bill Belichick look good, and Bill Belichick isn't a good head coach. That, I mean, I mean, it's it's 2020. Everyone's turning on everyone. Everyone's turning on Bill Belichick, saying <laughs> he ain't genius anymore. But you gotta look what the Patriots got. They got Damon Harris, rookie, who ran for 102, 102 yards and a touchdown. Um, let me just read off some receivers: Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, Ryan Izzo, Isaiah Zubber. Like, <laughs> you can't blame the guy. You can't blame Belichick. Um, and, and Cam Newton is not performing. Um, he fumbled with 21 seconds, 18 seconds left while they were driving. And field goal um, range. I, yeah, and he was doing way too much. Like I said, um, he, I know he gets plays done on the on the ground. He had nine rushes for 54 yards. But I think he's just doing – he's trying too much. I think he needs to focus on passing. I don't like these running quarterbacks. They don't last. They don't last. And, and, um, and Cam Newton, that's how his career almost ended, really. Uh, from running the ball too much. And um, I think he needs to focus more on his running. I know he's running out of the pocket because he has no time, but um, you got to take care of that ball. And that was a big, costly fumble. And the Patriots dropped to two and five. So I think my hair, I don't want to say he's officially saved, but um, I'm getting more uh, confident that that the Patriots will not win more than eight games, uh, as I predicted earlier. But the Bills need to clean things up. I'm glad they got the ground game. That is going to be a dangerous one to punch. They just got to stay consistent. Josh Allen... Once he, when he's back in MVP, MVP form, it's going to be dangerous in Buffalo. Hopefully he gets back into MVP form because, like you said, it they don't even feel like a 6-2 and two team right now. Just the way that this game went, it was 7-6 six, to six going into halftime, and then it heated up in the second half, thank goodness, because it was fucking boring. But um, yeah. very, very productive on offense, I think. Oh, at least from a rushing standpoint, 38 carries for 190 yards. You got Stefan Diggs involved as well, six receptions for 92. But that was pretty much it. Josh Allen did struggle. 11 for 18, an interception, no touchdowns. And then just the way that this game just unfolded with New England hanging around, and you wouldn't expect that at all. They almost had 200 yards rushing in. 34 carries for 188 and two touchdowns. So it was really another kind of a throwback game. And I think also that that run at the end that Cam Newton had at the end, I think it was a design run. I wasn't, sh- I don't remember off the top of my head. I, yeah, it was. I, I think it was too. Yeah. So I mean, it was to him, and they were in field goal range, and this was going to be a classic game that was going to be sent to overtime. It was also Sean McDermott's first win um, as a Buffalo head coach against New England. This was their first win. So I think a lot of head coaches are going to get their first wins against Buffalo. <laughs> that's 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 a good point. Yeah, but um, as far as Buffalo. And doing that, finally they turned the page, and finally it's starting to feel like it's their division for sure locked up. Patriots gave them a good run for their money, though. It was a very big scare. And uh, like you said, I mean, these running quarterbacks, it can't it can't just be that. And, and I don't think that um, Cam Newton can be successful. It seems like they're trying to replicate the success that the Baltimore Ravens had or have having in some instances with Lamar being the centerpiece and really the whole offense. So, I mean, that's what their philosophy has to be with Cam Newton having the playmaker because he's truly the only playmaker on this offense. So it's like, it's like Allen Iverson. If I could, if I could make an analogy because he's putting these guys on their, on his back and it's just too much. And, you know, I, that fumble at the end was, it is on cam, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but it's not sustainable to have Cam Newton be this whole offense, which is not on him either. And this whole team is really just lacking on their whole roster. But Buffalo, kudos to them. Hopefully they can start turning these around and have some more um, convinc- convincing victories because, like they had earlier in the season because it's starting to really change and the vibe around them seems like they, they if this team went to the playoffs right now, playoffs started right now, um, I don't think this team would last. 
Yeah, um, I know the the like you said, the vibe over there is not so well, but the Buffalo fans are still. Of course, course. I yeah. love watching Buffalo fans just go crazy. No tailgating, but they're still just going fucking nuts. I love the Buffalo Mafia. Buffalo Mafia. Jesus Christ! All right, moving on to this next game, the Seattle Seahawks um, come out victory six and one. The 49ers dropped four and four, and um, Jimmy G got injured with a high ankle sprain. He is out, so Nick Mullins came in. Uh, they're already down too much. He couldn't do too much, but he did all right. He was eight for 25, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that, that rotating door with the runner backs um, just did not work against the Seattle defense, and they're doing good against the run. They usually let everything and anything go past them. The 49ers did um, uh, have more total yards by one. But still, the, the Seahawks allow so much yards. But uh, they got it done. Brandon Ayuk um, really emerging as a wide receiver, 191 yards. Kendrick Bourne is there. But they did get they did release Dante Pettis. Um, they could not get a trade suitor, and I and he signed with the Giants. So um, I think that's that's some fantasy there. We'll talk about that on Friday. But um, the Seahawks look good. Four touchdowns. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson, four touchdowns. Um, DJ Dallas, the rookie, I have his rookie card laying around because I remember he had a really cool name. I was like, oh, that's a really cool name. Um, DJ Dallas showed up 41 yards and a touchdown. They forced, they pretty much force fed him 2.3 yards average, not the greatest. But uh, DK Metcalf, my boy DK Metcalf is the best wide receiver in the league. I'm telling you, 15 targets, 12 receptions, 161 yards, two touchdowns. You cannot stop this guy. They're going to have to start double teaming this dude. He is a, he is Megatron Jr. This dude has my vote for best wide receiver, and I'm going to keep on saying that this dude is so consistent. He He's fucking 220, 6'6", fucking running a 4'3", four, four, or whatever. His, it's crazy. <laughs> this dude is a fucking monster, and um, Seahawks are looking good. 49ers, man, I don't know. Um, I, I personally like Nick Mullins, um, so I think um, we'll talk about it in the preview, but I think he has a better shot succeeding than Jimmy G, and a uh, big question mark around Jimmy G and that big contract. I don't know what, what's going to happen there. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G, man. Uh, I think he got rattled. And I think he got hurt this game because I know Kittle did, and I think Jimmy G as well. Kittle, Kittle has a broken bone in his foot. Yeah, um, ouch. I mean, this team is just the guys that need to come back and have came back, and you were expecting them to stay back, um, just completely left right again. And, I mean, not because they're, you know, it's because of injury, and it just sucks, and it's out of hand, and whatever it may be. But um, going to Jimmy G real quick, he's he's. That is a big situation over there in San Francisco. I thought that big Yeah, problem. it's a big problem. I thought that they were completely secure with their quarterback position. I didn't think that there was going to be a problem this year at all. It wasn't in my bingo cards, but it came out. And um, it looks like Nick Mullins does have better success in that offense. And obviously, Mullins is not the future. So it tells me that these Niners, that they're probably looking to the future. And they probably need – they're evaluating their quarterback position because obviously – if you're getting better production and better chances to win out of your backup, when they're your starter, there's a huge problem there. Um, like you said, the running game in this game did not get going, but the, the way to beat the Seattle Seahawks is through the air. And Nick, Nick Mullins almost did it. He almost gave him a chance to do it. A little bit too little too late, but um, it's because Seattle is so great on offense and they're just so efficient. And it's completely different identity from Seattle that we've kind of used to know with Pete Carroll at the helm as head coach, I mean, you you always think about their defense, but no, it's really Russell Wilson now, and their defense is just giving everything, and it's like an open door. So this team is like a shootout every single week, and even with a backup quarterback like Nick Mullins, they're able to get something going. And uh, Nick, like you said, he's going to have some fantasy value this week. We'll get into that, but uh, yeah, you have to be disappointed with the way that the season's going with the Niners, and I think it's uh, I think it's a wrap, especially with how they've been um, behaving in uh, trades and 
releasing certain people. I think that they're seeing that this is uh, this is trending downwards this season, and they have some moves to evaluate. They have a good foundation, though, and um, they have a lot of players that, that uh, they could work around. I mean, they have so many people injured as well. Bosa's out. So I think this season's a lost cause, unfortunately. And um, Seattle, I mean, good job. You just got to find an answer on defense, though. I mean, this team is, is not going to win the big one. Yeah. Um, what was the Jimmy G trade with the Patriots? I know a lot of transpired since then, but I think uh, they're looking at it. Maybe they won that trade. I know, I, what was it? Was it a second round? I think I think it was. I mean, it was something big, and they gave him a huge contract right after. So this is this is kind of bad for the Niners. I mean, no one's going to want to adopt that contract anyway for Jimmy G. So unless I'm crackhead like Jerry Jones, but you know what I'm saying. Or Adam Gase. Um, all right. Um, yeah. So Jimmy G. I I, I like him personally. I I think he. Uh, he, he's a great thrower. It's just, uh, he, you know, it's just a bad situation. The injury bug really got the 49ers this year. Uh, makes me feel good for a Charger fan because they, they got they got so much injuries. It's crazy. Moving on to this next game that was actually pretty intense. The, the, the New Orleans Saints came on top in overtime versus the Chicago Bears in a game-winning field goal. Um, Alvin Kamara, that is pretty much the Saints' recipe. He's the leading receiver and rusher since Michael Thomas been injured i think i don't know i'm pretty sure that's correct because he is all over the place um 96 yards through the air and he got 67 on the ground no touchdowns but um he didn't need a dub finally see jared cook get a touchdown um i think his talent's getting really wasted there he's that dude saved my fantasy team last year he saved it so much times with the raiders um he was really reliable but i don't know if the saints are utilizing him as much as they could um the bears uh put up a, a, a pretty good fight and um, and uh, just oh, it went to overtime and uh, went down to a field goal and the, the Saints got it. Didn't see too much of this game, but I just know Alvin Kamara is is the, the New Orleans Kamaras, yeah. pretty much. Um, like you said, it is the New Orleans Kamaras. Very tight, contested game. I was very um, confused. I mean, I was very surprised. I didn't think that Chicago was going to put up more than twenty. I didn't think they were going to put up more than eighteen or nineteen. They always seem to stay at that point. But it was so close, and um, shout-out to the defense, too. They got some nice fourth-down stops. And uh, against Kamara, there were some pitches, and, and um, Khalil Mack in this whole defense is the real deal. If you had just a few more pieces on offense, this would be a completely different team. It would be a Super Bowl contender easily. That's how great their defense is. And um, the way that they just kept things close, Allen Robinson, he is he, uh, quickly earning uh, – my respect because what he's doing over there in Chicago with just how dysfunctional it is, is just truly impressive. And his talent, talk about talent being wasted. His talent might be being wasted and surprise. Uh, Alan Robinson. Uh, oh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just sad. He had six receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. And just what you can do with Nick Foles at the helm, not even just Nick Foles. It's just this offense and the offensive line. They don't have time and they don't have anything to get going they don't have time to get uh develop these plays and so this is this is just very dysfunctional but the way that they, they've always kept games close is just what's impressive to me so i think that there is something there for chicago and, and sitting at five and three they're going to win a little bit more games and they're a team that possibly could sneak in and maybe steal a game in the playoffs but um they're not going to go too far just this team is missing a piece and they are probably a team that should have made some trades and it's unfortunate they didn't i'm um, going back to the saints though Five and two now, and uh, you needed this win with how things were going, and and I don't know. The Saints are one of those teams that remind me of the Colts, where I just feel different about them each and every week, and I still don't feel confident about them either uh, until they get 
Michael Thomas back for sure, and he's not punching anybody at practice. Um, this team is not going to be – I'm not going to be fully confident in them because it just feels completely different with how their offense isn't elite and uh, their defense sometimes gives up too much too. Yeah, it was um, – yeah, the Bears, I think, need a couple more pieces on offense. Nick Foles can get it done. He just needs the pieces. Talking about Nick Foles' old team, oh, this game was so bad. This was the worst primetime game. So worse that I love football and I love watching football. I turned this shit off at halftime to watch The Office for the 16th fucking time on Netflix. That's how bad this game was. The Philadelphia Eagles came on top 23 to 9. And, of course, the most Eagles shit thing is Ben DiNucci was looking way better than Carson Wentz. Only 123 yards to this defense who's given up, who's not there. Two interceptions. He did throw two touchdowns. It kind of the, the game got away from the – from the uh, Cowboys uh, in the second half. But Travis Fulgham, since coming into the league, he has most, I think, reception touchdowns and receiving yards um, since he came in in, like, week four, some crazy-ass stat. Um, But the the Cowboys just look a hot mess. Ben DiNucci threw 40 times, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott only has 63 yards. You would think this dude will have a career game with no quarterback, but I don't know what to say about the Cowboys, man. I really don't. C.D. Lamb had 27 yards. Amari Cooper had one catch for five yards only on five targets, and he didn't get targeted until, like, the third quarter or this uh, late in the second quarter. Um, they're thinking uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, who's who's the backup to the backup? Um, they're thinking about giving him a shot. Um, I forgot his name. I read a report saying they might give him a shot. And, fuck, I forgot his name. I'm going to look it up while you talk. But the Philadelphia Eagles are in first place at 3-4-1. and one. Dallas Cowboys dropped to 2-6, and six, still in playoff contention. Um this this game was bad. I I did not. Yeah, this yeah. At all. you said it, bro. It was so hard to watch this game. I didn't even want to watch it. And uh, yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy. I think it's written in stone that he's out of the door. I mean, you have so many playmakers on offense, and I think Ben Ben DiNucci was capable of at least getting it to these guys. He did not look bad. He did not look terrible, and he looked like he. There, there just should have been better play calling, and should have been more uh, involvement from these huge stars that the Dallas Cowboys have around the quarterback position. So, I mean, just. This is like Adam Gase 2.0 in my experience. Um, a little bit more for the Eagles. I don't want to get too much into this game. Not much to talk about. But uh, Carson Wentz struggling a little bit. I mean, he's such a roller coaster this year. And then also Jalen Hurts. I don't like the play calling with Jalen Hurts uh, going for. Yeah, they they need to stop trying to involve him. He just start him. You know, stop. It doesn't, it work. doesn't work. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not, not working whenever Jalen's in there. I mean, he should just sit back and try and take back everything and, and, and absorb everything. But. Um, whenever you're down in these goal line situations and putting him in in those tough situations where he's going for two and you're trying to get so fancy with it. Look, not everything has to be a Philly special, okay? And also, Jalen Hurts is just doesn't seem ready. I mean, doesn't seem like these, these plays aren't working. Eagles are just kind of dysfunctional too, but in general. But, uh, I mean, it's obviously not working for Jalen Hurts. I just don't think it's – I don't just don't understand the thinking and reasoning behind it. I don't like it. Um, Travis Fulgan – and Rager are the only bright spots, huge bright spots for this Eagles team in the future. And Fulgham does seem like the real deal. I'll say that. Um, it's a couple things. They're actually starting Garrett Galbert in for quarterback or their rookie, uh, Brandon Rush. I forgot his first name. His last name is Rush, though. They're either going to start both of those guys. Danucci is benched. And another thing I want to say, uh, this Eagle, Carson Wentz is so bad. He made... Um, I feel bad because a lot, a lot of, a lot of people have been picking on this guy, Trayvon Diggs, who was ranked 97th in PPR. I tweeted this. He got two interceptions. That's how bad oh, Carson man. Wentz is. Everyone and everything gets 
Trayvon Diggs, he, he's a talented player. He really is, but he just, I don't think he's fully developed yet, and he gets shitted on, and I feel so bad for this dude. But he had finally his first interception and his second career interception in the same game. That's how bad Wentz was. Um, so it's a burn on pretty much both both of them. But uh, Trayvon Diggs is, is a great talent. Um, I think he's going to develop to one of the – he's going to be a star soon. But um, he's on the Cowboys defense that doesn't care. That's how bad Carson Wentz it is, though. I just want to say that. All right, moving on to this next game, which I can't believe it was actually competitive. And for my fantasy, I needed the Buccaneers defense to outscore Leonard Fournette. That did not happen, so I lost my three points in fantasy. Um, the Giants kept it close. They kept it extremely close, 23-25. to 25. Um, I thought Tom Brady would have a, a, a better game. Um, the leading receiver was 55 yards, and Mike Evans, um, who you, uh, you, you, you picked in your draft, um, Kings. Um, Daniel Jones, though, two interceptions. If you didn't throw those interceptions, this probably would have went a different way. It came down to a two-point conversion. They fucking call pass interference in the charge game, but they do not call pass interference on that. What was your – did you see that last play? I don't play? think I – I don't know if I saw that last play, but I was watching this game in general and just the Giants. I mean, I was so so confused. I mean, the Giants were just – they were winning in, at, at the beginning of this game and, and going into the halftime. So I was like, what is going on? I didn't think that there was going to be – like this at all i thought it was gonna be a beat down i thought daniel jones was gonna get rattled i mean he did get beat up a little bit but he was functioning on offense and you know daniel jones has shown us these past few weeks that he does have something to something to work with and i think he's uh easily uh secured his spot for another year and uh just based on what what he's been able to do and how it's been hard to function over there in New York and getting everyone involved. So I just I just want to give a shout-out, especially against this Bucks defense, who is for real and has really embarrassed a lot of people this year. It embarrassed Aaron Rodgers, embarrassed a lot of people among that defensive line. So it, it was kind of an impressive performance to even stay like this. The Tampa Bay, you kind of, I don't think if you're, you're concerned, I think this is kind of like a sleeper game, caught them sleeping a little bit because I do like I do like Tampa Bay and I do believe in them a lot. And you have called out their corners, though, and that's that's maybe what the difference was is, is their corners uh, – maybe got picked up apart a little bit and um, clearly did show. I mean, no receiver had over 100 yards for the Giants, but a lot of people were involved. So maybe that is a little bit of a blueprint there to little open up for the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks opened up the blueprint to how to beat the Packers a few weeks ago, and we're seeing them spiral a little bit down. Maybe the Giants showed a little bit of something. I don't know. I mean, JPP, maybe he's just used to terrorizing. Um, oh, I'm not even thinking about the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about old JPP and the Giants, but I'm just saying the Giants kind of have – Tom Brady's number, so um, I don't know. Maybe there's something there, but they finally get a, they finally uh, stretch up and get away with it at the end. But what were you talking about the two point conversion? Because I'm uh, I'm confused. I didn't see that one. Yeah, so the end of the play came down to a two point conversion. They scored a touchdown and needed two points. And oh, you know, what? I did see that. Yeah, out. Yeah, people were saying there was not pass interference called, but it was I don't know. It was kind of iffy. Right. Uh, rookie, what's the rookie. What's that rookie oh, wait, defender? Um, uh, not Fulton. Is it? No, it's not Fulton. There's a there's a rookie corner, and he was just like in the way of the pass. There was like he had his back shoulder on him. I don't know. It was debatable, but uh, Giants didn't get the call their way. It was really controversial. I, I think that uh, crazy. I think that it was just so close to tell, like live. It was like impossible. Maybe the angle was just really bad. But I mean, Daniel Jones missed him though. I mean, he was wide open immediately once the play started, and it was okay. I remember this completely because I was thinking how incredible Daniel Jones was on that last drive. And he had some crazy fourth down conversions. I mean, the Giants getting these fourth down conver these conversions against Tom Brady. Um, I feel like I always see that, but 
he looked like Eli Manning on that drive where he was just getting these miraculous plays. There was a bunch of fourth and longs, and he was escaping collapsing pockets, and he had some nice throws. And then the easiest throw he had all drive came on that two-point conversion, and he missed it. The running back went to the flat immediately. It was designed for him all the way, and he should have thrown it immediately. He held on too long, and then once he decided to throw it, the defender was able to make up that ground, and that's that's the play that you're talking about. I remember now, um, yeah, he, it's incredible how he missed that last throw because he was on fire that whole drive. Yeah, and I feel bad for Daniel Jones because he cannot, like, stop turning it over. And I feel bad for the guy. Like I said, he has more turnovers than Jamarcus Russell in the, in the same amount of games played. And uh, if you know Jamarcus Russell, you know that's bad. <laughs> that dude don't even watch film. Um, Daniel Jones, I think they just need to invest at least three, four, seventeen picks in the uh, offensive uh, line to protect your future. If you want him to be still be there and um, get some time to make some plays, he fumbles, he throws interceptions. This is bad. It's all bad for Daniel Jones. I I, I wish the best for him and for their fans. A shout out to Steven, who's a Giants fan. Um, I feel bad for you. I mean, I it's, it's going to be a long, long season. But we're Charger fans, so we're right with you. All right, moving into the preview week. We're going to start with the tomorrow's game. We got the San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think this is a bounce-back game for, uh, I said this last game, for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he has to bounce back here. Um, even though they're 5-2, and two, they're, uh, a lot of people are going to start turning their heads. That Green Bay Packer fan base is, is uh, not as crazy, but they could get pretty crazy. Um, Nick Mullins is getting the start, as you know. And um, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a good one, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce-back game. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout, to be honest. Um, so if I have to pick a, if I have to pick a score, which I am, let me get my paper out. Um, I think it's going to be in the third. It's going to be thirty-five to thirty. I'm taking. Green you know, Bay. What, I I see what Nick Mullins did last week, and I see how bad that the Packers are on defense, especially through the air. I'm expecting them to give us some points as well. So I'll give I'll give the Packers. Sorry, I'll give the uh, Niners twenty-seven points like how they had last week. But I do think that this is a great bounce-back game for Green Bay, too. Um, we were kind of talking about it last week against the Vikings, but the Vikings completely showed up on offense. I think that's not going to be the case, though, for their opponent in the Niners. They, they lose George Kittle and um, Nick Mullins. I mean, he's going to do all, everything he can, but I think that there's a limit there. So I think that Green Bay will take this one finally. They're searching for a, a huge win, and um, – you know, Rodgers losing two in a row, I think three in a row, whatever it is now, um, doesn't happen. So I'll take the Packers in this one, 35-27. All right. Yeah, um, the only reason why I give the, the 49ers three points is that that defense is looking hella yeah. sus. Um, I think if the, if the 49ers get it down on the ground, they could get it done. But um, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to let three losses in a row happen. I don't think that – I'm, I'm pretty sure that happened – not not at all, but I'm pretty sure it happens not often in his career. All right, moving on to the New York Giants at the Washington football team. Um, divisional game, I, um, I don't know. We just trashed on, on the Giants. I, they do got Dante Pettis. I don't know if he's going to be game ready by then. He's a great asset, though, for the future. Um, but I like Washington. They, they get to the quarterback. I think they're going to force um, Daniel Jones to make tough passes. And, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. So I think that Washington is going to take this one. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, but I think it'll be um, like 24 to 12. You know what, though? I think Washington has a little bit of a card up their sleeve, and that is their defensive line. And they're a better um, intercepting team and sacking team than the Bucks last week. And, uh, you know, you like you said, it. Um, 
even though he's a turnover machine, and we were just talking about this game literally just right now and how he clutched it up, uh, it was just still too much for him to overcome. And you're facing a better opponent now as far as defensive line and scheme and um, in the defense of Washington. So I think that there's something to be said about Daniel Jones uh, maybe losing this game. But also, Washington is kind of weird because they're kind of like a, a good team to run against. And, and you could protect Daniel Jones a little bit by that. And I kind of like Wayne Gallman a little bit. This game's kind of hard for me to call. But I think I'm leaning towards the Giants. And, yeah, I, I, I am. Oh, okay. I, I think that this, as far as also, I have to take in consideration Washington's offense. And they're just really bad on offense. And so I'll take – Scary Terry. Yeah, they're, they're just not scary scoring, Terry. though, yes. and they're just not uh, – I mean, they, they, they've had great weeks, and they've shown flashes, but they're not consistent enough. And I think that based on what the Giants did last week, kind of slowing this Tampa Bay offense, uh, I'll take them in this one, and I'll say the score will be 24-17. to 17. All right. How about we do this? Every week in one game, we bet something, for instance – I bet Antonio Gibson will have more yards than uh, Gallman? Wayne Ball. Uh, Gall, what the? Um, let me look at the Giants. <laughs> that's your boy. That's your boy. You like him? How are you gonna? You know? You know? Well, I never like said he was that quick. It's Antonio yeah, but they, they're gonna have to run the ball for sure. And uh, well, well, you just said Washington's run defense. Okay, is bad. I'll take you up on that. You take me up on that? Okay, I'm gonna write it down. You, we each get a, a bet. Throughout this week, let's make it interesting. Gallman, so yeah. Wayne Baldwin, Gallman, Baldwin's hard too. Though have um, Gibson. Okay, so I wrote it down. I think Gibson will have more yards. Okay, rushing, not pass rushing. Okay, and then I'll and then whenever you're ready to make a bet in any of these games, right. just like something like okay. that, spice it up a little bit. All right. So the next game we got Chicago versus Tennessee. Um, both coming off losses. Tennessee big loss. Chicago close loss. Um, that, now that Desmond King's there, that dude's a smart dude. I think he's going to be um, affected immediately into that defense. Um, I think I think he he's obviously going to be a starter. He he wasn't a starter in, in in Los Angeles, so I think that's what the Titans need. The Titans need Clowney though to put up some pressure. I I know he didn't do too well last week, came on off the injury list, but uh, they got to get to uh, Nick Folds, and um, this one's kind of tough too. It really is. Um, Chicago's defense is really good, and Tannehill's been struggling. But Derrick Henry can't stop that dude. It's, I can't wait to see Derrick Henry versus Khalil Mack. I wonder who's going to win that battle, and I hope it's Derrick Henry because I have him on fantasy. So, um, ooh, uh, I'm gonna take Tennessee in this one. They're at home. There'll probably be some fans there. Um, that doesn't make too much, but I, I personally don't like the Chicago Bears as much. But I, their defense is scary. Eddie Jackson, like I said, that dude always running for a pick six. I know he has the most pick six within his start of his career till now with any, than any other player. That dude just intercepts everything. But I think it's going to be a very, very, very close one. I think it's going to come down to Gokowski either missing it or making it. But I'm a, I, I, I think he'll miss it. But for the sake of the score, I think it's say he's going to make it. I think it's going to be a close one. It's going to be like, uh, let's see, uh, 37 to 35. 35. Wow, you think Chicago could put up 35? Uh, 25. No, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I am. I th- I think Tennessee's defense um let a lot go, and I think uh I think it'll be a breakout game for Andy All right, Miller Chicago. I'll bet this one. I mean, they're not going to get more than 25 in this game, and also um yes, less than 25. And then points. for I mean, if okay. you want to take that bet, you don't have to take it. You said they're going to score 35. 
I'll take, I'll take <laughs> okay. you up on that one. Okay. Um, I look at the Tennessee and I look at their matchup against um, the run defense of Chicago and just how Tennessee was able to grind it out and stay in it a couple of weeks ago against Pittsburgh against a really good run defense. Um, I don't think that they're going to get behind in this game like they did last week because of Joe Burrow and how explosive that offense has been becoming and really is now at this point. I think that they can officially say that they're a solid offense because of Joe Burrow. Um, I think that that's not going to happen this week. The Chicago is not going to impose their will offensively. They're not going to be able to get up. And if they do, it won't be running it up. So I think that the Tennessee will be able to stick with their game plan and be able to run it up with uh, Derrick Henry and they'll grind it out. They'll be able to do something on the ground and it'll open up and things will be a lot more easier for Ryan Tannehill. And uh, so I think that they're going to kind of cruise. It may be close in the beginning, but as the game goes on, Force-feeding Derrick Henry is the key, and I think that's that's going to be their victory. So I'll take Tennessee in this one, 27-20. All right. All right, next game we got Detroit-Minnesota, a divisional game. Uh, Minnesota coming off a big win, as we just said, and, Dem- uh, and Detroit coming off a uh, pretty bad one. And as you know, uh, Matthew Stafford is um, out for this game. I just had the player uh, – let me look up the backup. I just had his name right I now. Do you not. know the backup for the Lions? Uh, I just, I literally just had his name. As soon as I see him, I'm be like, oh, him. No, I got it right here. Uh, la, 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 la. Depth chart. Um, yeah, the Lions do not have Matthew Stafford. Right. They have Chase Daniels. They have Chase Daniels. Um, versing this, uh, this Minnesota defense. Um, last time I tried to trust on the Minnesota defense, it bite me in the ass. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with the Minnesota defense over Chase Daniels. Galladay is a, a game time decision. Um, I have him on fantasy. Of course I do. Um, uh, they couldn't get it done in the run game. I know this Viking team is very new of uh, the defense, but they're, they're starting to get it a little bit together. But uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to eat. Hopefully, Kirk Cousins has a good game for the sake of his career. But um, I'm going to take Minnesota. Uh, if Dalvin Cook just gets half of what he did last game, he that's 24. That's at least 14 points by him. Um, I'm going to say 21 to uh, Detroit's 14. 21-14. I mean, I think maybe. Yeah, I think I think uh, Minnesota could run it up a little bit more, and uh, it's hard for Detroit. I mean, like you said, Stafford—that's really been their magic on this football team, leading these comebacks and being in it. So, I, I don't—I don't like it at all. I don't like uh, Detroit's chances at all. It really helps Minnesota's defense in that instance because they don't have to really, uh, you know, account for the explosiveness and the passing attack. I mean. Detroit is a just completely different team. Adrian Peterson, I keep forgetting he's on that team. And so so uh, I'll take yeah. Minnesota in here. The younger running back, the younger star running back, Dalvin Cook, is probably going, going to eat again. And so I'll take uh, Minnesota. I mean, they need to f- force feed this guy again. Anyway, he's the key to their victory. They'll get the third victory here, uh, 30 to 17. All right. Moving on to the next NBC versus Carolina in Kansas City. There will be fans there. Um, I know it makes kind of a difference, but I don't know why I keep on mentioning it. But uh, KC is coming off of, I mean, an easy win. Carolina <laughs> might as well have been a bye. <laughs> um, might as well have been a bye, really, just give them the dub. Um, I mean, I don't think Carolina got enough to stop on defense. Um, Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns. You got Tyrus Kelsey, you got Nicole Harmon. There's just too much guys to count for. Um, I think it's going to be overwhelming for Carolina. I think they'll put up a fight in the beginning. I think they'll just, and then in KC will run away with it. I, I think, think it's going to be 28. Oh, oh, okay. That's, right, what, that's what it's I'll, trending I'll because it McCaffrey touchdown. practiced today. They, have, they haven't activated it, but it looks like they're going to – I think they will. If he's playing, 
Um, it's going to be all Christian McCaffrey. Get Mike Davis. Get Make McCaffrey either a decoy or the fucking focal point of your offense because everyone's going to be on McCaffrey. Boom, give it to Mike Davis. Or just feed it to both. I, I think there's a chance they're – you know what? I don't want to stay upset. I need. Say I, I really it. want to get a dub it. in this weekly shit. You're gonna say it, okay? Fuck it. Um, I think I think the Carolina Panthers. Ah, damn, Casey is so overwhelming with all their shit. If if McCaffrey gets it done though, and Teddy Teddy B got some receivers though. He got he got Curtis Samuel who had a good game. DJ he Moore, got Anderson, um, DJ Moore. I think it could be a really good game. I think Carolina's gonna upset. I it's gonna be a really good game. I'm gonna take Carolina twenty nine to 28 i think he's come down to the wire christian mccaffrey's gonna have a great um coming back look at dalvin cook he was injured for a couple weeks and he came back um really good um mccaffrey i think is a better runner back all-purpose runner back than uh dalvin cook and he's personally one of my favorite runner backs so i think i think i think they'll get it done teddy b it is a big test yeah a huge test like you said but i think that uh, acquisition of McCaffrey is such a difference maker and looking at casey's defense they're one of the worst rushing defenses out there so it's spelling like, maybe this could be a victory for Carolina if their game plan goes correctly. They have to get McCaffrey involved for sure. And the numbers do say that he's going to be able to run all over this team. Opening it up for Teddy B against a solid pass defense. The KC has become a solid pass defense. And one thing that they're not that great to do on defense, though, is sacking the quarterback. They're 17th best in the league. But everywhere else in major categories, they're top six. They're really good. I mean, they're just – their interceptions they get, they're sixth in the league – um, opponent completion percentage that's second best in the league they only give up 60 percent and opponents pass yards uh, yards per pass is uh 6.2 yards per pass that's f- fifth best so there there's something to be said about kansas city's secondary being improved and um this is that's the test that teddy b is going to have but i think that um mccaffrey's going to slow things down and I, that's why i think that this is going to be a close game and that's why i believe that there could be an upset so i want to call this upset i want to be ahead of the curve and i want to say <laughs> That um, in a in a one that's close, but at first, but I think that maybe there's going to be a touchdown margin victory just because I think McCaffrey is that impactful. So I'll take the Carolina Panthers, thirty four twenty seven. I mean, I think I think that this game is going to shape up like that. In Movada, we're going to talk about this in the parlays because I added this in my parlay for them to win is plus four hundred, and, and if you just put. With the rest of my parlay, twenty five bucks down will give me like twelve hundred. The basic twelve hundred. Add this to my parlay, it'll bump it up oh. to sixty five hundred. Oh my! The upset is there. What an insane odd. I'm just. I feel like I just want to bet on this game. Yeah, fuck that. I think I'm just gonna bet on this game alone. Um, they and they are they're minus ten over the Panthers. No, are they? You mean? Oh the oh the Chiefs are minus ten. Yes. Yeah, spread. That's fucking crazy. Man, there's everyone's on the Chiefs' dick, dude. Like, hop the fuck off. Talk about something else. Here we go. We're going to be talking about something else. The Houston Texans are at Jacksonville, and Jacksonville are is benching uh, Minshew for a strep throat, and I think he has, like, a weird fracture in his thumb. So Jake Lolton is going to be the starter. Um, that is bad news. <laughs> That's bad news, Jaguars. Um, I'm taking Houston this one. Deshaun Watson. Um, even though there's so much trade rumors with Will Fuller, I'm surprised they did not get a trade going. Um, I think I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a great game, um, and Jake Lowen is. I think JJ Watt's going to feast that dude when he's mad. That dude is fucking insane. You better watch out. And he's been frustrated. It looks like so. Um, I think that I think the Houston Texans are going to are is going to win this one easily. Uh, Jake Lowen, even though they're going to feed James Robinson all day. Uh, 
I haven't seen much about Jake Lolton or even know a lot about him. I have like a bunch of his rookie cards. Um, but um, uh, I'm going to take Houston. I think they're going to play around. They're going to drop a 35 bomb to uh, Jacksonville's 14. I did not know that their backup quarterback, I didn't know Mitchell had was six. So um, it makes this pick a lot easier. I think I'll take the Texans for sure. Explosively getting things done. I think they had a bye last week. So um, they're figuring things out. I mean, their offense is getting a lot better as weeks have gone on, especially since Bill O'Brien's left the door. So um, just I don't think that the Jaguars are going to be functional on offense anyway. I mean, I like James Robinson, and I think that it could shape up to be a nice little matchup in fantasy for sure. But I think Texans will run away with it. So based on just – I think they're a little bit better. I mean, Deshaun's just so good. I'll take the Texans uh, 28 to 20. All right. Yeah, James Robinson, I think they're going to just feed it to him through the ground and in the air. All right, moving on to Baltimore versus Indy. And I know any Baltimore fans who've got a fucking Lamar Jackson up their ass, um, they're not going to like hearing this, but I think Phil Rivers is getting hot. Five and two and five and two. Um, I think that defense is going to get to Lamar Jackson and frustrate him. Like I said, I don't think he's a lead passer. I think he's a probably average passer. If I got to compare him to a passer, I could probably compare him to Sam Donald. Um, that's pretty that, That's pretty accurate. Um, more accurate than his passing um, completion, I'll tell you that. But um, I think I think the Colts are going to run it up on them, and it's going to be a big surprise. It's going to be a big wake-up call for the Ravens. Um, upsetting this one, I don't know the odds. Probably, they're probably on the Ravens' sack on this one, like they usually are. They're always on the Ravens' and Chiefs' sack. Uh, I don't see it in Bovada. Uh Oh, yeah, the Colts. The Ra- Oh, the Ravens are actually minus three on this one. I'm taking the Colts. Um, I think they could cover that, but um, we'll talk about that later. I'm taking the Colts, though. Phillip Rivers is going to have a clean slate, even though that defense is pretty tough, but Indy's going to come out with the dub. If they could drop 41, I think they'll get at least half that, maybe a little bit more. I'm going to say 28 to 21. Lamar Jackson is going to struggle. Not have more than 200 yards, I, I, if you want to bet me on that. But I know we're on Yeah, the I think we there. are. But um, didn't T.Y. Hilton just get hurt for the Colts? He was not even there to begin with. You you probably thought he was injured all year based on his performance. So I think he's going to work what he got. He, uh, Phillip Rivers, at it, with history, is good with his tight ends, um, Antonio Gates. Um, so I think he's going to – I think the tight ends are going to have a, a pretty good game. Uh, Mo Ali cox Boyle. Um, those guys, I think, are going to have a game. And then you got those runner backs in the, in the backfield with Naheem Hines. Um, that dude is pretty much a wide receiver. So, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I'm just concerned game, because really. the Baltimore does get to the quarterback a little bit. And my gut feeling tells me that the Colts aren't up to the task of stopping the run of Lamar Jackson like the like the Steelers were. I don't know. I mean, that game, the Steelers, I mean, that, that was a divisional game, rivals. And it's just, it's different. There's so much pride and, and the culture going on. And I like. I don't know. I, I my gut for the Colts this year has been pretty accurate because um, whenever I think that they're going to win or whatever, and my gut tells me no, they ended up losing. So I think I want to go to my gut here and just Baltimore bouncing back. I mean, I think it could be a really good one though with the way that Philip has been playing and the way that the defense has been playing and um, mistake-free football. It looks very clean over there in Indianapolis. So I think that this could shape up to be a good one. But I think Baltimore could just force a little bit too, uh, a little bit one or two more mistakes on Rivers's end and get to the quarterback. I mean, they don't get interceptions, though. That, that's the difference. And maybe um, Phillip will give them, gift them one. So I'll take Baltimore in this one, and I think that they'll run away. But, but I think it'll be a field goal difference. So I think 31-28 is a good one. All right. Moving on, we're going to speed this up a little bit. We've got the Seahawks versus Buffalo. 
this is going to be a really good game. I think Josh Allen, this is a great bounce-back game. Um, any any quarterback that's struggling versus the Seahawks could bounce back because the Seahawks give up everything and anything. Um, they did look um, pretty good, though, against Jimmy G and Nick Mullins. But, um, fuck, I, I don't want to take Buffalo in this one. But the Seahawks is looking so good. DK Metcalf, Tyler, uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, DJ Dallas is stepping up because Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson's out. Um, I think I'm going to take Seattle in this one, but it's going to come down to the wire, and Russell Wilson is going to do some Russell Wilson magic. Ever since he got with Sierra, <laughs> his, play, his playing has just been a tremendous. Um, I guess that's what Sierra does. Uh, shout out, uh, hashtag one, two step. Um, I'm going to take Seattle Seahawks, though. It's going to be close. It's going to be 28 to 25. Um, I think Josh Allen will have a bounce back game, but it's Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, the best connection I think in the in the league, pretty close. Um, but I'm taking Seahawks in this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Seattle as well. I mean, Buffalo, I think they could get right, especially against this defense. Anyone could get right against Seattle's defense and uh, look good. But um, I look at uh, Seattle's ability to run it up, and just I think that they're going to do it again. Buffalo has been a little shaky these past few weeks. I'm not convinced. So 31-24. All right. Next game, we got the Denver Broncos who came off a of fucking bullshit over the Los Angeles Chargers and um, versus Atlanta who came off a of victory. Um, I'm just going to take Atlanta because I fucking hate Denver and they got fucking lucky TBH and I hate Drew Locke and the Super Jazz dances. I really like them coming in the league, but I just fucking hate the Denver Broncos with all my heart. Not more than the Raiders or the Chiefs, but they're they're out there top five. Um, I think Matt Ryan can have a good game. Uh, Justin Herbert did. Uh, Julio Jones is very talented, as you know. Um, this is going to be a big test. If the uh, the um, Falcons could could get a stop in the fourth quarter, um, I'm gonna take. A, I don't really want to call this game, but I'm gonna take Atlanta Falcons winning this one, uh, 24 to 23. Yeah, I mean that last game, it was just Chargers. It was gift wrapped to them. I, I like Atlanta better as a better football team, anyway. So I'll take Atlanta, um, 27. Actually, no, I'll give them 30. It's in the, it's in it's in Atlanta, so they always run it up. So 30 to uh, 14. All right. Next game, we did not preview in the Charger podcast where we were too pissed off about everything else, but we got the Oakland Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers in SoFi. It is rivalry week, and for these Charger fans, we get fucking crazy, wild. My shit-talking has been off the fucking charts, so I'm either going to be emotionally unstable on Sunday or I'm going to have the best day of my life. Um, my life is going to turn around once we win the Raiders. So I, I think that's what it is. We're 0-8 since Anthony Lynn been there, so I haven't had a good day like that. So I think the Chargers could come all victorious there. <laughs> the spread is kind of funny. <laughs> it, uh, the Chargers are... Uh, oh, no spread it's now. Zero because... now. <laughs> it is no because spread. No one knows. Wow. Fuck. It, it went, before the podcast, it was minus one to the Chargers, which was funny because we can't fucking... We always lose by one or... It's It's crazy. But um, I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, I think Gus Bradley's going to get his head out of his ass. He has to be. Um, Derek Carr, could, he, he's, he's not known for coming back, but he can. And if the Chargers run it up on them, um, we got to keep that consistent play calling. Do not sit on the lead. Um, I got to believe in the Chargers, though. It's going to be a good one, unfortunately. And I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. I'm going to be drunk as shit by halftime. I already know it's going to be 28 to 21. We're going to win more in six we're gonna win by seven Ooh, okay um it's tough because i want to pick the Chargers. i believe they're the better team i know they are but they're just terrible when it comes down to the stretch and it's and um oh my gosh i mean they dominated last game so and they were minus one i can't i mean people still favor them because because of you know they're just so good on on paper but 
there's a, there's some intangibles in coaches, but I still want to take them. I mean, Las Vegas, I don't think that they're on the par with the Chargers. I really don't. And the, they have similar opponents because they're the same division and uh, they play the same schedule, essentially. And I think that the Chargers have placed their opponents even better. So just based off that, I want to lean to the Chargers. And uh, it's 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 tough, but I'll give them a one-point victory. Um, 24-23. I mean, I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah, it really is. I'm just I gave them seven points just for my own sanity. Um, all right, moving on to the next game, we got Pittsburgh versus Dallas. God damn, I feel bad for uh, Gil- Gil- Gilbert Gabbert or sure. the fuck his name is Whatever or Rush or Jesus Christ, dude. Pittsburgh is just gonna slam dunk and fucking choke slam people's elbows, suicide headbutt their ass fucking to another dimension. Um, I don't even want to say much about this because I already shit on the Dallas all year. They're getting shit on everywhere. I'm starting to feel bad. Even Stephen A. Smith pulled out the fucking the mercy card yeah. on them. That's how you know it's bad. So and and it's Stephen A. Smith. So I'm gonna and it's and Stephen A. Smith is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I'm gonna take Pittsburgh in here. Ben Roethlisberger is gonna have a great game. Receivers gonna have a great game. James Conner one's gonna have a good fucking game. Um, I'm gonna say I don't think they're gonna run it up because uh, I don't know. I th- I'm gonna say it's thirty. To thirteen, I'm gonna take. You know what? I'll just piggyback and take your score too. I mean, it's it's a it's a Super Bowl contender versus the asshole of America right now and the Cowboys. So, um, I'll take that score too. I mean, it's clearly going to be a Steeler victory. All right, moving on to Tua versus Kyler Murray. Uh, this this is a really underrated matchup. Uh, I can't wait for this matchup. I love Kyler Murray, and I don't know what Tua got yet. He had 94 yards, a touchdown. You know. You know, we didn't really see too much because that defense did a lot. This Arizona Cardinals defense is going to, I think, overpower this defense. It's going to come down to quarterback play, leadership, and Kyler Murray got that. He's smiling mid-throw to D-Hop, who's been one of the greatest connections in the league. Chase uh, Chase Edmonds is going to step up because I think Kenyon Drake is out. Unfortunately, I drafted him in my second-round draft pick. Shoot me in the face. Um, Miami, though, it's a big confidence boost. They got that big dub over the Rams. Um, damn, this is going to be a really good game. I think Tua... Either, oh man, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm not. Even, I'm neither a fan, but I really think this is going to be a good game. Um, Tua, I think. I think Kyler Murray got to uh, step on him. Um, height wise, I don't. I think they're pretty much the same height. Um, but uh, I like D Hop and Kyler Murray way better than I like Miami with any other receiver. Um, Arizona's defense is kind of shaky. Miami's, I think. I think they're about the same. Um, but I'm gonna take Arizona in this one. It's gonna be a extreme close one. It's gonna be 28. Yeah, I think Arizona had a bye last week, but the last week before that was um, the game against the Seahawks. And in that game, I kind of learned something, and I, th- I, th- I think I learned that they could they could really disguise their defenses very well. And that's really what was the game sealing interception interceptions in overtime, really, and and what sealed the victory for them. So I think that it could be a tough game for Tua. I really do. I mean, he just seems like he's a step behind um, his counterparts in, in Herbert and uh, Joe Burrow. I mean. The, the impact is not there, but also I mean, he's maybe just not learning the game at the same pace. So um, I think that's really a huge factor, and, and I think that maybe Arizona could give him a curveball or two. So I'm going to give Arizona the game here, and I think I'm going to take the score would be um, 31, uh, 31 to 14. I mean, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think that uh, Miami is going to be able to replicate some of the magic that happened last week. Yeah, um, it's going to be really hard against Kyler Murray, who is very dangerous on the ground, and who Jared Goff is just a pretty much a one-dimensional passer. When I mean one-dimensional, I mean he just passes. He doesn't really run. All right, moving on to the primetime game. This is going to be a good game, um, which probably will make up for the shitty Monday night game. Um, 
the Saints versus uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Drew Brees, Kamara, and Michael Thomas are all uh, limited practice, but hopefully Michael Thomas could come back because they're going to need Michael Thomas um, for this defense who, um, I mean, they, they, they put up a fight against the Giants, and the, and the Giants put up a fight against their defense. But uh, these are some two heavyweights right here. Uh, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. Uh, Antonio Brown, I believe, is activated for this game. Um, I think he's a cancer, really. So um, I don't think he's going to do much, kind of like how Le'Veon Bell did in his first two games. Uh, Gronkowski is getting more involved each week. Um, he's getting more dangerous. Um, fuck. I think I'm going to take Tampa Bay over the fact if, oh, fuck. If, if Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees are all healthy, which I'm assume I'm assume they are. Um, damn. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know, Luke. Because this one really hard. <laughs> uh, uh, damn. I don't want to take Tampa Bay, but uh, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Dude. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. I don't like this. I don't like me picking Tampa Bay, but I need to stop picking these goddamn underdogs. So I can get this dub in this weekly shit with Lucas because I still haven't got a dub. I'm going to take Tampa Bay 37 to 35. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to come down to a last drive, either stopping it. Or yeah, I'm trying to go back to the week one scores. I think this team met week one. And, oh, yeah, they did. And uh, the Saints came out and put the stomping on and won 34-23. I don't think that's going to happen this time. That was in the dome. Yeah, it, two different teams. It really does feel like two Seven different teams. Weeks, big, um, big. The Saints felt like an amazing juggernaut in the first week, but the Buccaneers, they've added players amazingly, and uh, they've gotten better on defense too. They've, they've dominated. Last week was kind of a fluke, I feel like. And um, back at home, and you you got you got a division rival, and your, your things are heating up. I, I want to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Um, we don't know what the Saints are going to look like, though, on offense. That is so true because they haven't seen Michael Thomas in a while, and I think they really miss him. So I think that they could pose an interesting threat there. But I'll still take Tampa Bay right now based off what I've seen from both teams, and I'll take them 30-27. Uh, to 27. All right, 30. Mm-hmm. You're taking Tampa Bay, right? Okay. All right, moving on to probably the shittiest game of the history of NFL um, we got the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. Um, uh, I mean, if if Bill Belichick loses Adam Gase, then he's not going to be in the people hot seat. People different. But uh, people are going to be looking <laughs> at him different for realsies. Uh, this shit is going to be, I don't know. I mean, Cam Newton, I think, is probably the best player in either of these teams. And I think he needs this game to bounce back. He needs this shit to bounce back. Like, he needs it bad. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Patriots just on the fact that the Jets are just fucking terrible. Um, I don't think it's going to be high score. It's going to be like, I think it's going to be 13-6 Oh man, Patriots. Yeah, uh, the Jets are so bad. These are two really bad teams, though. Um, I mean, I don't think that the Jets are going to uh, – God, I mean, they're so bad. They're just so bad. But I do think New England's going to take it, and I think that they'll – They'll be able to squeeze by in a boring game. I mean, you never know. I mean, this last Thursday night game, I thought it was going to be boring between Tampa Bay and the Giants. So hopefully this is a little bit better. But I'll still take New England in this one and a bounce back game for Cam Newton. Like you said, 17 to 10. 17 to 10. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Moving on to the parlays before my phone dies. All right. So I got six game parlay and then I got a little, uh, little uh, added ones 
at the end. I can't wait to get into it. So my first game is the Tennessee Titans versus the the uh, the Bears. I have Tennessee. Um, even though I did say they're gonna win by two points. Um, you know what? I'm starting to change my mind on that 35. I'm being a little too generous, but I'm taking Tennessee covering the spread at six, even though my production my prediction says not. Otherwise, I I, I can't say 25 no because I bet you against 25. I'll say 30. I'll say 30. You know what? I'll say 30 because that covers the spread. It makes me look a little better. So 30 to 37, which covers the six-point spread against Tennessee. The next, I got the Houston Texans over the Jaguars, uh, minus seven, which is good because I think they'll win by at least two touchdowns. And I got the Pittsburgh Steelers over Dallas Cowboys, minus 14. Big spread. I'm taking it. Seattle over Buffalo Bills. Um, I have them winning. Uh, I have the – I have uh, – yeah – uh, minus three Seahawks over the Bills, and I might, that goes with my prediction, 28-25. That's going to be a close one, the only one I'm kind of worried about. And then I got the Washington football team over New York, a minus three spread. Um, also goes good with my prediction. And then I got the Colts plus three over the Ravens. Um, I think I'm just going to put win. I don't want to put the spread. I'm just going to put win, take the spread off. I think that the Colts are going to win. Not going to cover that spread, though. That's going That's a little dangerous for me. And then I got... The uh, Carolina Panthers upsetting the Chiefs plus 400 and over 52.5 points. So if I play five bucks, um, that's three G's right there if I pay five bucks. But if I play 25, that's $15,000. So um, kind of, uh, I mean, kind of, I'm risking a lot, but I think Carolina Panthers is probably the biggest risk. But plus 400, fuck it. Just fuck it. 400 All right. Plus 400. Um, I'm kind of modifying mine right now because. I I've, I I saw that I have actually the Chiefs on my bet, and um, I'm actually calling the upset. So I'm changing this bet a little bit. Just yeah, just put the win. Yeah, plus four hundred. I want to do so that so shit. bad. But here's what I got so far. I got the. Uh, wait, I just looking for the Pittsburgh game. It just disappeared from me. I guess they took it off the. Uh, oh, there it is. It's right there. All right, so oh, shit, I got right Go here. On. I got the uh, Indianapolis. Colts right now at plus three against the Ravens. I, I'm going to tease this too, so I'm going to make them plus ten, tease them seven points. I think that they're going to keep things. They could keep things close over there, coming off of a really big win. And um, even though Baltimore, I think could run away with it. I think that that spread looks really nice at ten. Panthers. I don't think I'm going to put them to win. I have them that the spread right now is plus ten for the Panthers. If I tease that too, they become plus seventeen and a half. So um, I, I like that a lot, especially because I think they, they could upset. Tennessee at minus six, spread that back to one plus seven. Uh, plus seven now make them one. And uh, against the Bears, I think that they could do that. Texans, I mean, you said Gardner mentioned not even playing. I didn't know that. That completely changed everything. I'm adding them to the bit. Seattle, um, they're at minus three against the Bills. I think they're going to win that one. And then with the teaser, it's going to make them plus four. The Chargers, um, they're at zero right now. There's no spread. Tease it, make it plus seven. They can lose by seven. They never lose by more than seven. So this is a great bet for me. And then Pittsburgh, minus 14. I'm making plus seven now against the Cowboys. Um, I like that a lot. So if I put my parlay on that, two bucks I mean, wins me 184. So um, now I'm going to just contemplate on my teaser. But that's my bet of the week, and I think it could win something. Yeah, I'm really liking mine. There's a lot of upsets and a lot of different things that could happen, but uh, a good payout, like I said, $25 is what? What did I say? <laughs> 12,000 or something like that. So, um, shit, I need that right now. Pay off my fucking car, at least half of it. But there you guys have it. Hopefully my phone doesn't die before this outro. Find me on Twitter. Lucas, where can they find you? 
Sugar Free Lucas, and you can find the thread of all of our podcasts there, and that has the int- uh, the info on how to enter our giveaway. The giveaway enter, you just like, retweet, or comment under the those tweets with the podcasts, and must follow Sports Guy David, me, and the Fantasy Sports Cave on Twitter, and that's how you enter to win the hundred dollar gift gift card giveaway. Um, s- someone just won yesterday. How do, I don't know how to pronounce it. Subip here or uh, at Subip here, but he won, and also Chargers Talk won the uh, Junior Sayout card. So. Um, it- yeah, he won the he won the last the hundred dollar gift card. Now he won the charger. Good for so him. But um, winner, so that's pretty much it, guys. And it's once a month, and uh, November starting. So go ahead and enter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was, I was, was on my shit. That was my, that was my chip social chip. Sorry, I'm. A, that's gonna be my lunch. Uh, Sports Guy David on literally everything. I am selling shirts, as you guys know. Sports Guy David uh, care package comes with a T-shirt, a pin, a keychain, four stickers, thirty bucks plus shipping. Um, it'll get to you in three days. All profits are going to breast cancer because even though Breast Cancer Awareness Month is over, breast cancer still continues. So go ahead. I'm doing it for a great cause. Uh, hit me up. It's literally on pinned on everywhere on any of my social medias. Um, yeah. So there you guys have it. Um, follow the Fantasy Sports Cave, our podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all that good stuff. From Lucas Reyes, Sports Guy David, Fantasy Sports Cave, I'm out.